Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you because I'm anointed to teach your word. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. And I pray this morning that light and understanding will come into the word of God for us, that our hearts will be illuminated in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's turn our Bibles to, I'm going to, I'm going to have this series in six parts, but please, and I really, really, really want to beg you, Listen to today's message very importantly. Make sure you listen to it because it's, the, it's not only the foundation of a successful and a victorious Christian life, but it is the key to having success in every area of your life as a child of God. So one of the things we're going to be studying very carefully is the parable of the sower. We're going to do it verse by verse. The parable of the sower. Now Jesus spoke and taught a lot through parables. Okay? And every parable had an explanation. But he gave the explanation only to the disciples. So Jesus spoke through various kinds of parables. Talked about the parable of the sower, a parable of the prodigal son, and so many parables with which Jesus was teaching. Now, the parable of the sower, it appears only three times in Scripture, in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but it appears in Matthew, it appears in Mark, and it appears in Luke. It appears in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 1 to 23. It appears in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 1 to 3. So, we'll call this the parable of the sower, part 1. Then it appears in Mark chapter 4, verse 1 to 20. It appears in Mark chapter 4, verse 1 to 20. And then it appears in Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 15. So let's do the one of Luke. Luke chapter 8. And let's look at verse 1 to 15. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 8. If you were not around a couple of weeks back when we did the prosperity meeting... We talked over four hours on the subject of prosperity and brought a balance to that. We are going to get that city out within the week, so make sure you get it. Uh, Luke chapter 8. And I want to encourage you to, to, to get into the habit of constantly listening to messages. Even if you were in the service, develop the spiritual habit of listening to messages. Don't get too busy for your spiritual life. You know, I, I, I was looking at social media today and, and I saw... Over the week, and I saw people quoting Psalm 91, uh, getting healing scriptures out, and you could just see panic everywhere. You see, the truth of the matter is that you can't live your life, uh, and then when something happens, that's when you want to get healing scripture, that's when, you know, it's just fear-based. If you put the word of God in your heart when you don't need it, it will come out the day you need it. Praise the name of the Lord. And you have to prioritize your spiritual life. You can't, you can't get too busy for that. Set up time to listen to messages and read the word. It's very important. Luke chapter 8 and verse 1. Soon afterwards, he began going around from city 
from one city and, and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. If you read the Amplified Version, it says Herod's economic advisor. And Susanna. And many others who were contributing to their support out of their private means. And I'd like to pause here to point out something. You know, sometimes the picture we have of Jesus is that he was just walking with 12 men, right? Like just walking and just shouting, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Then anywhere night, meet them. They will sleep under the bridge. Then the next morning, you know that's our picture. He will get up again and start shouting, repent, repent. You know, sometimes we don't see that Jesus had a very orderly ministry. And, and, you know, have you ever questioned or asked yourself, how was Jesus funded? Jesus was not funded through supernatural means. Money wasn't always falling down from heaven. And some of you thought Jesus never used money. Right? <laughs> what, which money was Judas stealing? Judah was stealing the money that people were contributing to Jesus. The Bible says that these women were supporting Jesus and the twelve disciples out of their private means. So the ministry of Jesus was funded by people and partners. And I want to say this here before we progress. I know there's a lot of financial abuse in the body of Christ. But I'll tell you this, that somehow also we find uh, ministers of the gospel, have, genuine ministers of the gospel, have now find themselves in a very difficult position where they cannot even teach the truth regarding giving. And what is the truth regarding giving? That, listen, as far as you sit in this house and hear the message of this house, you have a financial responsibility to this house. That's the way it is. That's the way the kingdom is funded. And so these people were the ones given to Jesus. Church history has it. History has it that Jesus did carpentry work for about 30 years. And then he wasn't doing carpentry work while he was uh, uh, going full time. So you find out that the people that Jesus impacted were the ones that supported him to do his ministry. But that's just by the side. Praise God. Verse 4. When a large crowd was coming together, and those from the various city were joining to him, he spoke by way of a parable. Verse 5. The sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell beside the root, and it was trampled on the foot. And the beds of the air ate it up. All the seed fell on the rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Others fell into the good soil and grew up and produced the crop a hundred, a hundred times as great. And as he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples began questioning him as to what this parable meant. And he said to them, to you, 
it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is in parables. So that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now, it's very important for us to understand something very clearly here. That God does not want the scriptures hidden from us. You see, we must, we must have a mindset that God wants us to understand scriptures. You know, people say God is mysterious, His ways, and they almost try to make God look like we cannot understand Him. No, God granted us the revelation of His word so we can know Him. <clears throat> Praise the name of the Lord. If you have a father, and we say, well, if you say, well, uh, t- talk to me about your father. Say, well, my father is mysterious. You can't understand him. No, that's why he's your father. If he's mysterious to everybody in the world, he shouldn't be mysterious to you because he's your father. And it's the same thing about God. God shouldn't be mysterious to us. We might not be able to comprehend everything about God, but at the same time, we shouldn't go about our lives looking like God is mysterious, we don't understand what He's doing, um, I don't get what God is trying to do. You know, I saw a preacher writing that, well, this, is, this virus is a sign of the end time, which is absolutely rubbish. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus clearly said, when you see these things, the end has not come. What is the sign of the end time? The gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world. That's what the Bible says. Because we still have more virus will come, wars will come, rumors of wars will come. They do not give a clear indication of the end time. So God wants us to be able to keep understanding Him. And that's the essence of coming to church. The essence of coming to church primarily is not just to have your needs met. It's to grow in your understanding of God. So how do you measure your spiritual maturity? How are you growing? Are you learning more of God? Are you knowing more of God? Praise the name of the Lord. You're not just measuring your spiritual maturity and your growth by what you have. But your spiritual maturity should be measured by your level of understanding uh, that you're having in the word of God. So he goes on to say, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. He says, now this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those besides the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. So that they will not believe and be saved. Let's pause there. We're going to take this verse by verse. But let's pause there first of all. He says, those besides the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes the word away. So that they will not believe and be saved. So it is possible to hear the word and not believe the word and not experience salvation. Are you here? Am I right? So the fact that you're listening to me right now, you're hearing, but I can't tell if you're believing. So I cannot judge your growth by the fact that you're in church. It's, it's basic. Your growth is determined by if you Believe the word. Because as I'm speaking to you, Satan has the ability to whatever means he wants to use to still get the word out of you. Right? So, let me give you an example. 
let's say I send my son to get me uh, um, maybe a knife from the kitchen. So I say, hey, son, go get me a knife from the kitchen. And he's watching television. You know how children are when they're watching cartoon. Right? The kitchen is there. You say, go and get me a knife. Then they start going like this. <laughs> you know? Do you have any child that goes that way when they're watching TV? And then the child goes and ends up bringing a plate or a spoon. You know, somebody says spoon. That means you have experienced that. Accurate word of knowledge. Right? Now, what happened? You preached the word. Television took it out of his heart. He brought a spoon. The problem is not you. The problem is not the word. What's the problem? It's between television and his heart. That's why someone can be in church for 10 years and there's no proof that they know God. It's not the problem of the church. Especially if the church is being taught right. If the word is being taught right. So Satan can take the word that is being taught from your heart. If you do not guard your heart. Give you a simple example. A man and a wife. Hear good word. They get into the car. The man said, I'd like to sleep. The woman says, well, we promised that we're going to visit auntie today. And the man said, I'm tired. And the woman said, well, that's how you always do your things. Anytime it's time to visit my family members, you always get tired. And the man said, oh, I thought we have settled this 2,000 years ago. They're like, well, that's what you did in 1969. And you know what happened? For the next 40 minutes, they get angry. They, and then, bam, whatever was preached in church, they forgot it. What should be the right approach? What did you learn from today's message? What lesson are we taking? Are you seeing, are you seeing the stuff here? Yeah. And so, it's almost like they were present, but then they were not present. So he says then, those besides the road, they've heard the word. The devil comes, takes it away. Let's, let's go to the next verse. Those on the rock soil are those who, when they hear it, they receive the word with joy. Like, preach on, tell them, yes sir, amen. Ride on, pastor. You know, they just get joy. Woo! My pastor can preach. Yeah, Jesus. But these have no firm roots. They believe for a while. And in time of temptation, they fall away. These guys are good until they ask the church for help and pastor doesn't show up. Then, boom, they fall away. Or good until some trials come. Bam, they fall away. But very excited when they are hearing the word. Preach, preacher. Right, right, right. Don't write up. And they say all the nice stuff. Excited. Excitement is not a proof that the word is firmly in you. But again, that doesn't mean you should look like somebody who is dead. It's like, no, excitement is not a proof that I'm matured. Well, looking like a dead man is not also a proof that you're matured. There should be a level of excitement that comes with the word. But after the excitement... There should be roots. Praise God. You know, have you ever, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Have you ever asked yourself, like, so those of you who have been Christians for a long time, have you asked yourself that all the messages you have heard in your life, have you ever wondered, what's the proof? I mean, some of you have heard messages. You don't just only hear me every Sunday morning. Some of you have Kenneth Hagin. You have, you know, you have them. Once they say, this ice, I have it. But I have it. Hard drive full. CD full. Podcasts. Books. Materials. 
<laughs> Praise God. Seek to not only be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Seek to act on the word of God. And that your life will change in correspondence to the word that you're hearing. If they teach you about patience, I guess that's what Stammery taught last, last, last Sunday, right? I don't know whatever she thought. They teach you about patience and exercise patience. When all hell is breaking loose on your inside. If they teach you about the right confession, help stay with the right confession. So these are the rocky soil. Those who hear the word, receive the word with joy. And these have no firm roots. They believe for a while. And in time of temptation, they fall away. These guys are as good until temptation shows up. Praise God. Very excited until they need money to pay their rent. You know, have you seen very solid Christians until the time of temptation come and then they fall? There's no root. Okay, let's read on. We're going to do this verse by verse. This is just introduction. Verse 14. This seed, and I'll tell you, pay attention to this message. It changed my life. It will change yours. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. This seed, which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard. As they go their way, they are choked with worries. This is the most dangerous group of people. Riches and pleasure. Do you know that wealth can choke you? Wealth can choke the world out of your life. Some of you will be better Christians if you were poor. I'll repeat it again. Some of us, let me not say some of you, some of us will be better Christians if we are poor. The reason you're not a stronger Christian today is because you're rich. Chokes the word. You know, when you're rich, you have time for so many things. Because people are always inviting you. He's my uncle. You're uncle to many people. You know, the poor man is, is an uncle to many people in reality, in, in, in actuality, but he's not an uncle in reality. What I mean is that they know him as the uncle in the family, but he's not invited to actual meetings. Then the wealthy man is not an uncle in, a, in actuality, but he's an uncle in reality. Which is that he might not be related, but people have adopted you as uncle. And then you are always showing up. So that's your problem. Hey, look at it here. He said they are choked with worries. They are choked with riches. Your money will begin to give you vision and direction and begin to lead you. Choked with the pleasures of this life. There's no sense. Brachiri was telling us today about the people who pray. Uh, John and Charles Wesley's mother had ten children. And she was a prayerful woman. She would do all the housework and she would pray. And she gave the word John and Charles Wesley. Right. Father Nash, praying for Azusa, uh, uh, Charles Finney. Right. We had praying Hyde. He, he, his name was Hyde, John Hyde. But he prayed so much, they took out John and called him praying Hyde. Right. Those guys, they give themselves to the things of God. Pleasure can choke God's word. That's why believers must go into pleasure with, <laughs> with care. I mean, this whole virus thing is just, it, it's a terrible thing. But it's making me see how frailty the human race is. How frail it is. Just one thing. But how frail 
That's why I didn't shake some of you this morning. Because when, when I saw you come here, I know some of you are just saying, Pastor, don't shake me. Pastor, don't shake me. Pastor, don't shake me. That's why I stayed in my office. Because you don't want to shake somebody not like this. I'm wise. But that's where we are. I mean, whole church services cancelled. Bishop T.D. Zakes Church this morning, they are doing online, live, online streaming. Joel Austin is doing live streaming. My friends in the city of Ohio, the government says they can't meet if they are more than 200. Their church is 1,000, so they can't meet. They have to do maybe like four services or five services so they can have pockets of 200. Just one virus. This is not a question of whether you have money. So you see that, you see, if we don't get into the world, we really do not have a solution to the world's problem. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? I don't worry, the trumpet is not sounding soon. Take that from me. God is giving you enough time to grow your faith and to grow the word. Pleasures of this life and, and bring no fruit to maturity. They never come to that point of spiritual maturity. Never get to that point. Always excited about hearing the word, but they never mature. The same things were dealing with you over 10 years ago, we're still dealing with you. You know, there are some of you, listen very carefully now, and this is going to be harsh, but it's good. There are some of you we should never preach commitment to because of what God has done in your life. We should never talk to you about commitment. We should never talk to you about, you know, try to be committed to God, try to show up in church. No, it's just... Ingratitude. That's just it. Not, nothing much. Paul says, when some of you ought to be teachers, you have need that someone will teach you. These are the people. And I'll tell you the truth. If you research their life very well, one of these things is giving them issues. Worries. You know, there are people who worry. You are in a family. You will worry over everybody. Right? You, <laughs> you know, I can be very funny. Sometimes it's wet, sometimes it's good. I remember one time, my parents asked me for something. And we're talking. I said, oh, they need to fix this light and everything. I said, oh, I don't have the money now. So, you know, my mom is the, my dad is the cool type. When you say you don't have money, and my dad believes you. My mom is the one who doesn't believe. So my mom said, how can you say? <laughs> so I told her that. If I was not your child, what would happen to this? He said, hey, but now you're my child. I don't assume I'm not your child. Did the problem get solved? It got solved. How did it get solved? I don't know. Two people cannot have pressure at the same time. The problem is already giving you pressure. If I now take the pressure, while sharing the pressure, it is good that one person bears it. Worries. You will worry for your mother, worry for your father, worry for your uncle, worry for your auntie. You know what? You cannot. You know, my son is 11. I called him the other day, and I, I called him, and I said, listen, you are my child. I'm teaching you the gospel. But boy, your life is your responsibility, and I will not go to bed worrying about you. Not one day. I don't care. There's, there's no, no, you cannot. What will people say? They will say whatever they want to say. But you have to own up to your own decisions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
If, if your parents haven't laid the kind of foundation they should lay, and life is happening to them, you want to help, but you cannot carry that worry. Why? It's going to stop your own growth. Some of you are not even married. People you are in relationship with have given you more worries than everybody in this world. Always switching off phone. Always you are now calling two people to call her. Hey, give her the phone. Give her the phone. She knows it's you. She's switching off. Why are you stressing yourself? Don't worry. When she's ready to talk, she'll call you back. There are things you should not, you know, eh, I want to make it difficult. The more you are chasing me, that's how you, no, no, nobody will chase you. That. Don't play that kind of play with me. You just go that you are running and nobody's running after you. So what's happening now? You will meet me where you started running from. You know when they are doing all your marks? There's a, when you come back, you meet me there. Worries. What's going to happen 10 years from now? Well, just wake up tomorrow and leave. 10 years from now, it's going to be fine. We're people of faith. Worries will choke the word. Riches will choke the word. <laughs> you know, a guy prayed in the scripture. He said, don't give me too much riches. So I will not forget you. <laughs> that man prayer. I've never seen a contented prayer like that. Very honest. He said, don't give me too much riches so that I won't forget you. He said, again, don't make me too poor so that I will not steal. Just keep me... <laughs> in the, just balance me up. You understand? That's the most honest prayer I've prayed. In fact, that's the most honest prayer I've heard someone pray. Say, don't give me too much riches. I will forget you. <laughs> then don't make me too poor so that I will not go and steal. But somewhere in the middle, you know, like, just give me a civil servant life. <laughs> just enough <laughs> to go by. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. He says, the seed which fell among the thorns. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart. I think I did a series on this where we are still at the other church. Honest and good heart. And hold on fast and bear fruit with perseverance. So we're going to deal with all of this uh, each of the days. But what is our emphasis this morning? Luke eight eleven. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Now, this is the most important. In fact, Jesus says that if you do not understand this parable, you will not be able to understand anything in the kingdom. Now, listen very carefully. We're going to the main stop. Listen to this. The word of God is often referred to as seed, right? There are a total of 44 scriptures or verses in the New Testament where the word of God is referred to as seed. That word translated seed is actually from the Greek word sperma, which is almost the same thing as a sperm. That which produces life. That which produces life. That's where the English word sperm came from. Now the word, the seed, the spammer is the word of God. That means that which produces the life of God in every believer is the word of God. That's why Satan will do everything to either fight the word or uh, change the word or indoctrinate the word. Because immediately the word of God gets inside of your life, it will produce the seed. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let's go to Mark chapter 4. Let me read something there for you. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Mark 4, 26. Mark chapter 4 and verse 26. Praise God. Are you here? Say amen if you're here. If that's better. I think we have one of the most quiet churches on the island. Quite quiet, charismatic church. <laughs> Mark chapter 4, verse 26. I'm going to bring a fiery preacher on one of these Sundays. 
26. And he, and he was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night and gets up by day. And the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. That's interesting. We don't know how the seed grows. But the seed will definitely grow. Then the soil produces crop by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. The Bible reminds us that the kingdom of God is like a seed. That we plant the seed, but we don't know how it grows. And let me just summarize this message for you. The, the, the summary of this message is this. The word of God is seed. Genesis 8.22 Seed time and harvest shall not cease. Anything you want your life to produce, sow the seed of God's word into your heart. If you sow it consistently enough, you act on it consistently enough, it will produce the exact harvest that the word of God says it will produce. That's the way to the Christian life. You're struggling with an addiction, you're struggling with, with sickness, you're struggling with any area of your body, get the seed of, in that area. Are you following what I'm saying? Get the seed of God's word in that area and keep planting it into your heart. It will break every addiction. It will break anything you're going through. If you will consistently put the seed of God's word into your heart. You're not experiencing favors in your life. Get a hold of the word of God. Put the seed of favor in your heart. You're struggling with your finances. Put the seed of favor in your heart. You're struggling with your health. Put the seed of healing in your heart. Keep planting it. And one day you would wake up realizing that that sickness is gone. So it says the kingdom of God is like a man casting seed into the ground. Let's go to Mark 4.14. You're in Mark 4 already. Let's go to verse 14. The sower sows the word. It means that the word of God has to be sown. And where is it sown? It is sown in our hearts. So the seed is the word. Your heart is the ground. And you know the funny thing about life? Everything you hear is a seed. Everything you open your eye to is a seed. And I can't tell you, you know, I tell people around me all the time, be careful what you listen to. You know, I was talking to my pastor friend the other day, Pastor Paul in Abuja, and he was telling me that, I was talking to him about, you know, I don't, I don't listen to secular music. That's, no. But I know a lot of secular music. How do I know a lot of secular music? Consistently passing through the front of my house. You know, like, my house, we've got a lady there who's got music, whatever she's got there. But certain music comes out all the time, right? So this is what happens. I'm going to the office, I hear the music. Coming from the office, I hear the music. Going to the office, now listen, I'm not paying attention. I know this is not only me. There are some of you now that if we say the first line of one music, you will not even know when you will stand up and start dancing. Now, that standing up was involuntary. It just shows the power of that music in your spirit. You understand that? Now, you are not consciously, listen very carefully, don't miss this. You are not consciously listening. But every day you pass, you hear the rhyme. Every day you pass, you hear the rhyme. Every day you pass, you hear the rhyme. One verse upon one verse. You know, like the scripture says, precept upon precept, a little here, a little there. Before you know, the full music is, in, is locked up in you. This is what will happen. One day you just go out. You are talking with a friend or you are in a car. You will now hear the music playing somewhere. Yeah? You are just sitting in the car. 
If you are not disciplined, you start shaking. Before you know, you start whistling. Before you know, you start singing. Now, you would ask yourself that what happened? You know what happened? Your heart is reproducing the seed that has been sown. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, listen, very, listen, please, I beg you, listen very carefully to this message. Listen very carefully to this message. Your heart does not know what is right and what is wrong. If you watch enough pornography, you will become a sexually perverted person. Your body will reproduce sexual perversion. It does not know whether that's pornography, whether it is wrong or right. It is you that tells your mind. This is wrong. Your mind, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Let me use another example. You see, you know like, people who have kids, and they tell you, oh, we didn't plan to have this child, or maybe, let me not even use that. Somebody just messes up, and before you see it's pregnant. Two teenagers messes up, and before they say it's pregnant. You know, the pregnancy does not recognize that these people don't have money to take care of me. You know why? Because God has determined by an invisible instruction that when a man and a woman meet at a certain period of time and certain exchange take place, it will come out with a seed. It's the way your heart has been designed. That if you constantly watch something long enough, whether you like it or not, your heart will produce that thing. Are you following what I'm saying? So when we talk about guarding your heart, right, it is so that you can secure the type of harvest. That is why, as you are here right now, listening to me, there are certain thoughts that will not flow through your mind. You know why? You're receiving certain kinds of seed. When you change environment, certain thoughts will start flowing through your mind. Why? Because that environment is also sowing seeds in your heart. That's why the scripture talks in Psalm 1 about not sitting in the midst of the scornful. Why? Because if I constantly sit in the midst of the scornful, what's going to happen? They are going to plant seeds in my heart. So I want you to see this very clearly today, this morning. Your, your heart is a production center. Everybody say, my heart is a production center. Say one more time. Say, my heart. Say it if you have a heart. Say, my heart is a production center. Awesome. I guess you have a heart. Genesis 1.11. Genesis 1.11. God put an invisible law. We look at this law. Then God said, let the earth spread vegetation. Plant yielding seed. And fruit trees on the earth. Bearing fruit after their kind. With seed in them. Let me, let's read the King James Version. King James. Whose seed is in itself? Whose seed is in itself? Now listen very carefully. <laughs> the scripture says that the earth will bring forth fruit after the seed. In, in every seed is an invisible instruction to grow. Whatever seeds you plant in your heart, it will grow. And it will produce. So, if you're not seeing change in an area of your life, this is a bag of seeds. Get the seeds that's required in that area and plant it in your heart. I mean, there were years in my life I spent time meditating on favor. I, whoa, I have favor scriptures. I read favor scriptures. I planted favor scriptures. Today, that's one of the hallmarks in my life. Just the favor of God where I go. 
Just the favor of God. I mean, I'm incredibly favored. Incredibly favored. You know, sometimes, well, just favored. Sometimes I go to where everybody's rejected, I'm just accepted. It wasn't just by prayer I planted the seed. If you're struggling with sin, plant the seed of righteousness. You see, let me explain. I don't know how to tell you. Everything you look at, everything you read, everything you say, everything you hear is entering into your production center. You know, do you know, right, like we're all in this church, right? And I love this brother. And I love him so much. Love him so much. I love him so much. And, and Kiki comes and tells me something negative. This is an example. Tells me something negative about him. You know what will happen? First time, I won't take it serious. Then he repeats it. You know what's going to happen? How many of you know what's going to happen? I'm going to say, ah, this thing. Small sense deal. Huh? It's going to tell me the third time. What's going to happen when I see this brother the next time? What do you think will happen? You know what will happen. Tell me what you think. If not, we will not live here today. What do you think will happen next time when I meet this brother? I'm going to respond to him differently. Do you know how many times you're seated in this church and you respond to people differently not because of something or something you heard? Which might be true or might not be true. Your life reproduced that seed. You know, there are people who don't like me, who have never met me. But they don't just like me. And it is fine. Are you following what I'm saying? And there are people who like me, who have never met me. Why do some people like me, and some people don't like me? What they have heard. So the question I'm asking you this morning is, what is governing your life that you have heard, that is just your heart producing something? That's why we have to plant the seed of God's word in our heart. You know, so, so many people are panicking right now. Dollar is, dollar is 470, going to 400, it's 390. You know, some people slept with Aboki FX in the night. Your school, how much now? 282. Hey, now, wow. 292, Jesus. 400. He declined. <laughs> you, will, you will die of heart attack. Just chill. You know what? No matter how high it goes or how low it comes, you will be fine. Just relax. So you don't now go and get sickness that was not yours before the dollar now comes. Then when you now make the money, you start treating yourself. Why are we like this? <laughs> you know, one day my wife came to me and said, you, you are not bothered about anything. You, nothing bothers you. I said, no. You, see, you can only be bothered about what you can solve. And you know the way I solve problems? I plant the seed of God's word in my heart. You are scared of dying early? Go to Psalm 91. With long life will they satisfy me. With long, you can't control the cars that will be on the road the day you are on the road. A madman can be on the road who has told himself, today I am dying and I'm dying with at least four people. You can't control that. Do you understand? You can only control the word you have planted in your heart. And God restrains you five minutes before that madman is unleashed. Now, if you are worried about that madman, you are not planting seeds. 
I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. If you are worried about what will happen to you, you are not planting the seed of God's word. What are you planting? Come on, what are you planting? Worry. What's worry going to produce? Worry is going to produce according to itself because the seed is in itself. So, rather than worry about something, because I don't want that thing I'm worrying about to happen, what do I do? I take my mind off that, I get the word of God that addresses that issue, and I plant it in my heart. And after a while, I get the harvest of that. Praise God. And this was, this was a very foundational teaching when we were growing up. When you tell somebody, I want you to pray with me, they'll say, what scripture are you standing on? How many of you had that experience? So what, what scripture are you believing God for? Even when we're trusting God for wives. One wife, but we're many, so not like one person, many wives, right? We, we got the word of God. We got the word of God. And we prayed the word. We're not doing, you know, what do you like? I like the girl with long hair. It must be from a, no, 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 no. A quiet bomb. That least state. Those are natural factors. You know, some of you, the people you want to marry have not been created yet. Because when God looked at the specification, like, ah, no, 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 not available. Because <laughs> you have created somebody that does not exist. Everything is just okay. And God said, no, 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 we don't have it in store yet. Maybe we'll go, we'll go to market next time, we'll buy it. And that's why some of you are still not married. Say, dream it, dream it, you achieve it. Dream it, dream it, you achieve it. No man dream an alien. <laughs> you know what? Get into the word and cast that care on God. God knows you. He will give you someone you least expected and it will just be a gift from God. I know when you get into marriage knowing that this person is a gift from God for me, you will treat them rightly. But when you get into marriage, knowing that I created you, I suffered for you, I know how I, I pursued you. When you were running, I pursued you, I pursued you. At the point, you start treating the person like a haunted treasure that you have caught. And finally, you are here, going nowhere. Say, let me call my friend. Say, no, after I've pursued you for 10 years. Okay. Now, <laughs> now in Genesis 8.22, the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest shall not cease. So what governs our etrian? The planting of seeds and harvest. So you know what? If I look at your life right now, I can conclude by saying you are where you are because of the seeds you planted in the past. Am I right? It's, no, I'm right. Because the Bible is right. Our lives are harvest of the seed that we planted. If you see a man who is passionate about God, he planted seeds of hunger about God in him. They didn't give birth to any of us with passion for God's word. We developed it. Right? Why maybe you spend time reading something else, listening to something else, I developed it. We developed it. So that's the seed. This law is constant. John 6.63 says, The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So it means that when I plant the seed of God's word into my heart, I am planting the spirit of that word into my heart. So if I plant healing, for instance, he says, he sent forth his words and he healed them. So if I plant healing, for instance, in my life, what am I doing? I'm receiving the spirit 
and the life of healing. So if I'm battling with sickness, what do I do? I get into the Word. I get seeds of healing. Uh, I don't know if we have it here in Nigeria, but... I, well, I don't know because I don't plant stuff here, but sometimes when you go to the U.S. or you go to some of these developed countries, you go to the shops, they will show you... Um, there's a place for seeds. How many of you have seen that? Right? Then the seeds are in packets. So, right? They'll like... Maybe... Uh, mango seed. Well... They'll just label them. The seeds are in labels, right? Like packets, right? Now, what do you do? If I, if you, let's say, for instance, you want a mango, you want a guava, you want whatever. What do you do? You go to the shop. What do you pick? Do you pick, if you want a mango, do you pick a guava seed? No. It's only children that will do that. What do you do? You, put, you pick a mango seed. And what do you do? You go home, and you plant it, and you wait for the mango to grow. It's the same thing. What do you want in your life? Get in the seed of God's word and plant it. It's simple. And be patient. The seed is going to grow. There are many things I started studying and speaking and declaring way back that I've seen materialize in my life right now. Right now. I mean, I mean, like this whole thing about not being bothered or being anxious about anything. I remember an area of my life, I didn't know how my life was going to turn up. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Because... Um, I'm not somebody who is very good with mathematics. Calculation, yeah, I just feel that's why calculator was developed. So, I'm not going to use my head like two times three, like, okay, two times three. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And so, you know, growing up, they're like, man, if you're not a science student, you know, all those pressure. If you're not a science student, and I tried getting into chemistry class. And I remember they taught us titration. Can't forget that. So, you know why I can't forget? Titration is the only thing I know in chemistry. And I'll tell you why I can't forget. So, we went to the lab that day and we we're doing this base titration stuff. So it's my turn to, you know how you are sucking that stuff until it comes and then the base enters and then everything. If I tell you how many of those things I drank. <laughs> you know, my second is this come you gaga. So, you say, gaga, take a hey, gaga. All the time doing it loud, you know, you hey, gaga, you know that I drank something. Ah! How many times? All my tongue. So I knew that I was not, I was not born to do all this stuff. And I went to physics class. And study. And I wasn't a dull student. So, you know, went to physics class, started the physics exam, and then brought like 50 questions, I knew only 10. And even by prayers, maybe 10 and a half, that the Holy Spirit wants to assist you. You know, like when you call the Holy Spirit, assist me in the exam hall, the Holy Spirit look at your brain like, <laughs> there's nothing we can use here. There's nothing we can use here. You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, I... <laughs> So, I mean, that was the day I stopped chemistry, so I, physics. I just told my teacher, I'm not doing physics again. You know, so there was this fear. How am I going to turn up? What's going to happen? Well, don't think that's why I became a preacher. That's all right. God called me to preach. You know, but you realize that growing up, I mean, some of you had experienced that. If you were not a science student, you almost were not, you know, you were almost graded like a lady. They just say, go and join those typists, you know, to get real. You know, so that got into my heart, and I was, what's going to happen to what's going to happen? And that was what actually led me to the Word of God. And I don't know how many times I spoke Jeremiah over my life. Before I, um, before I gave birth to you, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I ordained you and called you a prophet to the nations. I know the thoughts I think towards you. They're not the thoughts of evil, but of good that you might have unexpected. I, Paul, am an apostle after the will of God, not the will of man. And and I kept those words in my spirit until 
It ascended over that image. Until tomorrow, I'm not bothered about what happens. You know why? Because I'm created in Christ Jesus. I'm, I'm God's workmanship. I'm created for good works. If you plant the seeds of faith, it will drive doubts from your heart. When myself and my wife were to get married, it was the same thing we did. Just believing God for the money for our wedding and trusting God for finances. We just wrote stuff down and believed God and got into the word, planted the seed of God's word. We, we got into ministry having a policy never to tell anybody about our needs. It's been 12 years. We've never had to do that. We've never had to do that. What do we do when we have a need? We get into the word of God. We plant the seed of God's word. Sometimes the problem we have is we want the word to produce now. Right? You know your rent is going to expire in December. It's December 31st. You start believing God December 25th. And that becomes a challenge. Why don't you start planting the seed of God's word today for something you need? You know what? Let me tell you something. All of you who are married, this is when to start praying about the people your children are going to get married to. When you pray for them, add that prayer. Don't wait until they now bring someone home. You're not saying, Jesus, no. Jesus, no. Ah, God, you can't do this for me. You can't do No, 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 no. We have done it to ourselves. It's almost late. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, why don't we... We always have this fire brigade approach to issues. Why? Because we don't take our spiritual life very systematic. Start planting the seed of what you want to see tomorrow in your life today. Take out time in the morning and plant those seeds. That's why when you study the word of God, that's what you're doing. When you have your quiet time, that's what you're doing. You're planting seeds in your heart, so when you go out in the day and something comes up, you're well equipped to be able to handle it. Praise the name of the Lord. Psalm 138 verse 2, let's go quickly. Wow. Praise God. You have exalted above all else your name, and and you have exalted above all else your name, and your word, and you have magnified your word above all your name. God places His word above His name. Praise the name of the Lord. For you have magnified your word according to all your name. First Peter 1.23 You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So, this, I mean, the day God gave me the revelation from this scripture... It, it, 1 Peter 1, 23. 1 Peter 1, 23. The day God gave me the revelation from this scripture, I so blessed my life. And you know the revelation God gave me? He said, listen, if you plant the seed of God's word concerning any situation, that word is not perishable. It will not die. It will always bring forth. Praise God. Have you gone somewhere and you realize that, <laughs> you realize that, man, a seed or a plant is growing in this place when it should not grow in the first place. You know what happened? That seed is not imperishable. You know, right now, rains are not falling. But you're surprised. When rain falls, what will grow out of certain places you thought they were no seeds? How many of you have seen certain things grow out of your cupboards, right? Maybe grow out of your cupboard or grow in strange places. And you're like, how come this thing is growing here? It's the power of the seed. Take time to plant God's word into your heart. 30 minutes every day, plant the word of God into your heart. Be deliberate as a sower. Be deliberate as a man planting seeds. If we want to see a great church, we plant the seed of God's word. 
We plant the seed of God's word. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you still getting blessed here? Let's see some things about the seed. Number one, the seed is alive. The seed contains life. John 6, 63, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and life. Your physical senses are incapable of judging whether the seed is alive or not. You cannot see, feel, hear, smell, or taste the life in a seed. There is only one way to prove if there's life in a seed, it's to plant it. So the first thing is that the seed is alive. And that's what the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2, that the word of God is living. The word of God is living. If I can get believers to... <laughs> if I can get any child of God to act on this message, they will change their life. Give yourself time, you'll change your life. You know, you keep having images of poverty in you. I'm poor, I'm poor. Nobody to help me, nobody to help me. The day you get the revelation that God is your helper, it will change the way you talk. You know, people, people say, God is my helper, God is my helper. And then they put the whole pressure on men. Yeah? They put the whole pressure on men. There were days that, I mean, I, I was actively believing for finances. Actively. I do believe God for everything. I mean, I've told you the story before. When we just got married and got into ministry, we had to believe God for everything. We had to believe God for food. And specifically, we list all the food items we need. Mary will go into the kitchen, be calling forth food into the kitchen and believing God and believing God and I'm believing God and I'm, everybody just there. Put your faith to work. Put your faith to work. Plant the seeds of prosperity in your heart. Plant that image. It will first of all change you from the inside out. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. A seed does nothing until planted. Seeds do not grow sitting in a sack on your shelf. They must be planted in the proper place. So... That you have a Bible in your phone doesn't mean that seeds, you're planting it. Right? That you have, you know, one of, I, I like electronic Bibles. I've got electronic Bibles. There's something about hard copy Bibles that I like. So I like to rule, I like to underline. I know you can rule on your iPad, but this ruling is different. The smell of an ink. But you know, if you, you know some of you put Bible where you are driving. You know, and you think because there's a Bible on your dashboard, you don't have an accident. Then, when you now also now read funny things on Facebook that a car got burned, everything got burned except the Bible, it will not reinforce that ignorant act. Somebody's in the hospital bed, you will now put Bible under their pillow. You see, some of you, not some of you. If someone is in the hospital and they are supposed to have their neck straight, right? They're supposed to maybe lie down properly and have their neck straight, straight up. And then they now go and put this kind of my size of Bible under and their neck is now like this. They can die through that act. Because this is just seeds in a packet. If you like, read Psalm 91 inside water. Be open water. Read Psalm 91 inside the water. What you have just drank is water spoken over. There is only one ground to plant this seed. Your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
don't be putting Bible in your car. If I, it, that, it, 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 what pains me is the way those Bible now look after years of sun. The Bible will now look like this. Brown. Even if the Bible wants to save you from accidents, will a new one like this not save you? Some of you, your Bible is photo album. Pictures of your father, your grandmother, everybody is this. So in the morning, when you are coming to church like this, you will remove things. The things that are coming outside of the Bible are mysterious. Earboard, toothpick, uh, everything inside. Oh, she said, dust that well, dust that well. <laughs> and then when you go back, instead of putting the word in your heart, you refill. Everything they give you, complimentary card, ID card, everything, everything. And you wonder why your life is like that. You, that's why your life is choked up. Get the word and put it in your heart. Discipline yourself. Don't read it when you're about to sleep. Open the word. Read it. Plant it. it will ch- I can't help you. Only God can help you. Sometimes say, you know, my pastor's anointed. He, the anointing of my pastor's life. All those things just contribute to pastors dying early. Everybody wants you to do something for them. Get into the word of God. Plant the seed of God's word in your heart. The seed is alive, and it will not do nothing except it's planted. Number three, a seed is much smaller than the plant it will produce. And I like this. You see, the word of God, it might look like one verse, but if you plant that one verse in your life, it will change your life forever. I remember, um, many years ago, I used to be afraid of accidents. I, I traveled the road a lot. I used to be afraid of accidents. One day I was reading the book of Malachi, and, he told, uh, and I read Malachi chapter 3. I will spare you as a man will spare his own son. Oh, man. He, he got a hold of my heart. And I, it created a reality that even if I was in a car that was involved in an accident, just as a man will spare his own son, God will rescue me. That was the, you know, you know some of you like all those morning prayers. When you enter all of those, hey, and then those prayers can be fear-filled. Father, your people will return in peace and not in pieces. I say, Amen. Amen. You know, all the prayer is image of accident. There's no thanksgiving. Image of accident. Blood sucking demon. Demon sucking of blood. Spirits out of the way. Kidnappers will not see them. Even the things you didn't think of. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, that's true. That's not true. Even, maybe you just enter that car with confidence. And then, life is so funny. How many of you have experienced this? They pray all those prayers. Then, as you are going, what's the predominant discussion in the vehicle? Death, accident, kidnapping. Have you observed that? The very thing you people pray, they say, ah, my sister. That's how yeah, we, we'll soon go to, I'll show you the place. I'll show you the place. <laughs> and as all of you travel for 45 minutes with the expectation of seeing the kidnapping scene. And then they show you, say, here. Yeah. He say, ah, it's Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> pray that God will bless you so that you avoid some of those public transports for your, for your peace of mind. And they have some very strong evangelists. Where you are not now praying, they will not attack you. There are some people here, they will not close their eyes. Others are closing. Lord, may your hand touch them. <laughs> okay, okay, I've closed, I've closed. <laughs> Praise God. Don't plant the seed of God's word the day you are traveling. When you get up every morning, speak the 91st Psalm over your life. 
no evil shall befall me. You know why? Because sometimes eh, where you think things will happen from is not where it will happen from. Are you following what I'm saying? So you, 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 see, this is a daily thing. You plant the seed of God's word in your heart. It's not when you are going for an interview. I cover myself with the blood of Jesus. I cover my, save us distress and save us some blood. That's not the day to be covering yourself. Don't have this Nigerian going to World Cup approach. Where it is two days to World Cup, then we'll go for training. Then that's how we'll go to World Cup and forget our Jesse. Remember that year when World Cup players are there, Jesse was not flying. That's how some of you are. Fire brigade to everything. It's the day your rent has expired, putting pressure on the world. Where's pastors teaching on prosperity? You, then immediately that thing over, you get back into your normal life. Throw the world away. Don't study the scriptures. Then the problem comes. And bam, you want to generate faith. A seed will always produce after its kind. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that he will reap. You cannot reap the strength. The, you cannot reap something you haven't planted. Right? You cannot reap something you haven't planted. Am I right? Come on, talk to me, church. Am I right? You can't reap it. You want to walk in favor. You want to walk in newness of life. You want to walk in righteousness. And all you plant is movies and secular music and all kinds of gist. And then you want to walk in righteousness. How, how would you do it? You know, I was talking to someone the other day and, and, and we're just analyzing something. You see how every advert on TV, there's always a girl with it, right? Yeah? You don't watch TV. You don't watch advert. See that Indomin advert. Is it Indomin now? Is it Indomin? Minimi? Is that noodles or something? That food thing now? Yeah, is it noodles? Okay, whatever it is, but you know it. You know, where they say the girl is hot. How does a hot girl connect with uh, Indomie spaghetti or whatever it is? And then the girl shows up, she's wearing a very short shirt, her belly button is open and all that. You're laughing, huh? Do, do you know what that sense? Let me say this. I'll say this now. You give me extra five minutes because this is free. Do you realize why is it that when most men talk to women, the number one thing they want from them is sex? You know how we got to that point? Because that's what we watch. So our listen carefully to what I'm saying. Food is supposed to give you satisfaction. So you watch that food. Right? And then that food is interpreted as a hot girl. And you know the feeling of that satisfaction the food gives to you. The next time you are seeing a girl, you are seeing Indomie or spaghetti that needs to be eaten. That's the image. Listen carefully. Listen, and I'll say this, I'll say this. Listen very carefully to this. Three days ago, my wife went into my daughter's room. My daughter is six. Zara is six. And she wrote something, you know. And I share some of these things with you, so you will know that we also go through the same challenges. She wrote something. She wrote something, 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 something about kissing. I don't know what she wrote, but something, man kissing my own. You know, my wife was, <laughs> where did she see she, Then she wrote a name on that. It was the name of someone on TV. So she showed me. She said, ah, <laughs> work has started, though. You know, she just told me, she just said, what has started? So I read it, and I said, no, it's something she's, I mean, of course, with her age, there's nothing, but she's watched that on TV, and she's written it out. So I was telling her that, you see what, when you even think, so, 
two days afterwards, they were showing something on TV. So she just stood there and was watching. I was watching. So many things she went back and started writing. So I said, you see, sometimes you just think that they are not paying attention. But that, now, she, she's written that out of her innocence now. But then, she would grow to a place where she's no longer innocent. And she want to explore. How is this kissing like? What is the feeling like? Why is it any time they want to kiss, they say, let me close my eyes? What are we open the eyes? Do you understand what I'm, do you, do you get what I'm saying now? What am I teaching you? Seeds are being planted. So listen, and I'm saying this because it's a word of knowledge for someone. You can't just leave your children and say, watch cartoon. You have to hear what they are saying in that cartoon. Because a seed is being planted. You know, some of you think it's prosperity. So just, yeah, on the cartoon, on the cartoon, let him watch. And then for hours. Hours, they are just watching. Hours. It's not the cartoon that's important. It's the seed, what they say, what they represent. Because you know what? Those cartoons are being acted by people who don't believe in what you believe in. You can't. Because I preach to you for one hour and you spend 30 hours, 40 hours listening to somebody who is always saying, somebody is after you, somebody is after you, somebody is after you. The weight of my words cannot match the intensity and the focus of that. You know why? Because that's the seed you're planting. It looks like testimony. But you know what you are teaching yourself. So when things go wrong, what is the first thing you are thinking of? Who is after me? According to the order of synagogue. Who is after me? You know when some marriages are at the brink of divorce? So for Christ. Nothing. You didn't do anything wrong. Both of you were happy until you bought TV. Your, your marriage, if you people were poor, your marriage would have lasted. When you now bought TV. Mm. Mm. I'm learning something, oh. <laughs> I'm learning. Ah, this life. Hey, you cannot trust any man. Mm. I'm learning something. Mm. I'm learning Hours, hours, hours. After one year. The seed will produce after its kind. Where are you going? Uh, but you told me we are going to the filling station. But one of my friends saw you at the roundabout. The filling station and the roundabout, trouble has started. What normally would not mean anything. And then you wonder why you can't control those feelings. It's the seed. Why has rape increased in our society? Can I tell you why rape has increased in society? Without having any figures, the availability of pornography on your phone. I'm going to teach something on technology. If you don't control your phone, it will ruin your life. Some of you will do better with landlines. Because you are doing sports betting, you are watching pornography, you are doing sex chatting, you are sending all kinds of pictures, and you wonder why your spiritual life is not growing. With that bomb in your hand, it won't grow, it can't grow. There's no capacity for growth. So some of you don't need smartphones. The phone is smarter than you. It's killing you. You need those Asian Nokias. Charge it once and for all. Only numbers. Yeah, you don't laugh about it. I'm going to preach that. Because if you don't control technology, it will ruin your life. 
Why? Because you're planting seeds. So what I want you to see this morning is not only the word of God that is seed. Every action, everything that gets into you, everything you hear is seed. And you know what will happen? It will reproduce after its own kind. That's why one of the prayers I pray every time is, Father, whatever seed has been planted in my life that is not of you, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I I take authority over its effect. May it not yield. Because if our lives are to yield according to what we're planted, you'll be amazed. So the seed is powerful. A seed can grow and push rocks and death. Whatever obstacles are in the way of the seed, can be pushed out. How many of you have seen seed grow on a rock? That's how powerful a seed is. A seed begins its growth in secret. A seed begins its growth in secret. I think I'm going to continue from here on Wednesday. Please make sure you're in church on Wednesday. A seed will continue its growth in, in secret. That a seed will take time to produce. See, sometimes our life do not produce immediately. Are you following what I'm saying? When you start planting God's word in your heart, it might look like you're not changing. I had a friend like that. We're in school. He's a pastor now. He's a big time pastor. I mean, big time pastor. If you want to use physical, he's a big guy. He should smoke. He was a, he was a chain smoker. You know, you know there's, there are people who smoke, then there are smokers. Then there are chain smokers. We used to say in school, chain smokers are people who smoke and are the chain. Of cigarettes <laughs> tied to the hand. Let me tell you how my, that my friend was. Right? He would, he would, we'll be writing exams. Like, well, he, he became my friend when he became born again, actually. But we'll be writing exams like this. And he will write, he will forget. He will say he needs to smoke to remember. Our lecturers knew him, so they would give him permission. He was the only one permitted to go and smoke to remember. The guy would go, he will smoke, 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 but he will come back. He will, and he was a bright guy. A day, he smoked like maybe two packets of cigarettes. We can be having lecture like this. You just say, ah, oh, Gaga, I need to go smoke. <laughs> and then he would just go out and smoke and go. That bad. Then he got born again. When he got born again, everything was fine. But that cigarette, that was the issue. The guy would finish worship session like this. Finish worship session. You'll be crying. Finish worship session. We'll be going like that. I'll say, but wait till they your back pockets in a cigar. <laughs> the guy will say, I don't say I don't worship God. My smokes more. <laughs> and then he will smoke. <laughs> we were happy that he was born again. But how do we handle it? Because it got to a point where those of us that were trying to disciple him, I think that's how we got close. We will not be smelling because. He smoked so much, everything around him smelled cigarette. Any of his shirts he washed, whether he smoked with that one. You know, we were around him at the point, all of those, you know, <laughs> it was like we almost became secondary smokers. So we gave him scriptures to declare, and I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Christ has redeemed me. His blood has washed me. My test blood has changed. I do not like to smoke cigarettes. The guy held on to that confession. Got messages, EWK, fed himself with the word of God. Fed himself with the word of God. It took him about a year, but realized that the quantity started reducing. The quantity started reducing. The quantity started reducing. We tell him that, listen, when you have finished smoking, as you drop that cigarette, go through your confession. Go through the word of God. Pray in tongues. You see, not out of 
grace has covered me. Because there are some people like that. They will sin and then that's not it. It is your heart, your conscience is dealing with you. But you know who you are in Christ. He takes that. We wrote out confessions for him. He had, of course, we didn't have phones those times to be listening to messages. But then he had this confession always with him. He had this confession always with him. <laughs> After a while, the things I reduced One day, he passed by where they were selling cigarettes. He didn't buy. All of us were watching him. We're like, God, if this is the day, we will thank you. You know, and then he passed. Then he now said, ah, that he forgot to buy cigarettes. He said, no, don't worry, you didn't forget. Just, when you are coming back, you will buy, no problem. And then, when he was coming back, he bought. So he bought only one, which was a miracle. Only one. It was the, that, that miracle enough was enough to... And then he lit the cigarette and wanted to smoke. And he started coughing. The taste totally became detasteful to him. That was the end. That was the end. You know what happened? He planted the seed of God's word consistently. That seed grew and changed that taste. If you're struggling with anything and you really want to change, get God's word. Get God's word. And plant it in your heart. And you know what's going to happen? After a while, that word will grow. You know what Psalm 119 verse 9 said? Say, how can a young man cleanse his way? Say, by taking heed to your word. Say, your word have I hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against you. What prevents you from sin is the hiding of God's word in your heart. If you hide the word of God in your heart, it will produce results. Say, I challenge you today. You can change your life. You know what? This is a bag of seeds. It's left for you right now to go back and pick the seeds you want. Be dedicated about sowing it. I'm not going to something you will start today and then tomorrow you stop. You start and you continue. He that constantly behold that perfect law of liberty will be transformed into that same image. Praise the name of the Lord. I want you to be in church on Wednesday. We're going to continue this series until we finish. So this will take us to April. I didn't finish my message today, so I'm going to finish up on Wednesday and enter the next verse. Praise the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. I pray for everyone under the influence and sound of my voice and ministry today, that in the name of Jesus, whatever seeds they have taken into their heart that is negative, we command that those seeds will not produce a harvest. In the name of Jesus. And we release right now by the Spirit of God that the seed of God's word will go forth and will break through every hard ground and produce a harvest of righteousness. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for His God. Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng.